Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm a teacher, an ADHDer, a certified life coach, and I created this podcast to spread awareness about ADHD, anxiety, and other mental health conditions and neurodevelopmental disorders. Let's chat about all the challenges, the fun, and the struggles of these things. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi friend, this is part two of our exercise talk. So this time I'm going to go a little bit more in the direction of certain exercises and relaxation exercises, the benefits of them, and the benefits of meditation. Because our brains move so quickly, we do need these things to calm down. And I have a little surprise for you. I have a special guest today. Her name is Kelly Blondes, and she just got certified as a yoga instructor. So she's going to hop on and help me explain how this works with the research that she's done for her yoga certification. I can't wait. This is going to be so much fun. Let's go. As a person with ADHD, I have experienced a lot of what I'm going to talk to you about, and I intend to practice more of what Kelly is going to talk about later. So ADHDers usually have some sort of comorbid anxiety. If you don't, then you have some sort of distorted thinking. That's part of ADHD. So if you're like, no, I don't, then maybe rethink that whole I have ADHD thing. (laughs) Um, So in our brains, we have this distorted thinking. One of them is like called worst case scenario thinking or pretending everything is fine. Like, oh, it's all okay. When it's really not. That is some sneaky anxiety trying to take over your brain. So exercises like running, for example, for me, it helps reduce some of that anxiety and stress. Later, we're going to revisit the relieving stress part with Kelly in doing yoga and meditation. So in my research, I learned that exercise, yoga, and meditation actually improve our learning. Lean in. I'm going to repeat for emphasis. Exercise, yoga, and meditation actually improve our learning skills in three different areas. Yes, three. One, two, three. It can help, one, optimize your mindset by improving motivation, attention, and alertness. I mean, think about how much attention you have to pay and how alert you have to be if you're running down a road, across streets, and things like that. It literally, too, prepares your brain and encourages it to grow. And three, it spurs the development of cells in the hippocampus, improving memory and mood. That's a little science-y. Basically, exercise helps your brain grow and helps you learn better. This is backed up in my previous episode 
when I referenced running and how it communicates and balances the neurotransmitters being norepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin. And also, you know, the lovely rush of endorphins that we get with it. Hey, adhd -er, I see you. If you'd like to take the strategies and tips that I share in this podcast further, head to my show notes and click the link to join Focused. It is the ADHD program for adults created by Kristen Carter, who has ADHD herself. So the platforms are ADHD friendly and the transformations that I've made since I joined have been amazing. If you head to my show notes and use that link, not only do you save $50 in your first payment, but I get a credit to my account too. We all win. Go to my show notes now if you want more of these tips, strategies, and in-depth ways to manage your ADHD. You can also download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started making your own podcast to share your voice. All right, my friends, back to the show. I just wanted to mention really quick, if you're a person with ADHD who has emotional explosions, usually in anger or rage, running um, is a fabulous exercise to get that rage out. That's how I get my anger and rage out, uh, running. And if just that light jog or whatever isn't helping, I sprint. Or I run up hills. Something vigorous. It's done absolute wonders for my mental health, and I just want to lend it out there as a suggestion for you. So, in a little less of a sciencey way, exercise helps the brain learn and create memories. Okay, I'm going to get a little sciencey again. I'm actually reading directly from this article that will be linked in the show notes. Because there really, I could not take this information and synthesize it because it makes sense. So, a BDNF is something that a science, a neuroscientist, Eric Candle, in 2000, the year of 2000, he won a Nobel Prize for it. It's the repeated activation or practice that causes the synapses themselves in our brain to swell and make stronger connections. So the synapses that have a hard time like traveling around in the ADHD brain, exercise helps with the repeated activation and practice. It helps those synapses swell and make stronger connections so they can travel easier and stronger. So a neuron is like a tree that instead of leaves has synapses along the branches. Eventually, new branches sprout, providing more synapses to further solidify those connections. These changes are called synaptic plasticity, what I talked about in an earlier episode. 
our brains have plasticity. They can grow and they can change. They could also shrink, but we want to grow them. We want to make them bigger. So plasticity of our brain is where BDNF takes the center stage. So they found that if they like sprinkled some of the BDNF onto neurons in a Petri dish, the cells automatically sprouted new branches, producing the same structural growth for learning that it's required for. So it's like BDNF is like miracle grow, it says, for the brain in this article. Um, And it just helps improve the signal strength of everything and the voltage in your brain. So it directs the traffic. The BDNF directs the traffic and engineers the roads as well. So it's kind of like our frontal lobe's right-hand man. Overall, it just like improves the function of the neurons and encourages their growth and strengthens and protects them against the natural process of cell death which in ADHD, cell death is more common to happen. So you want more BDNF in your brain, right? After hearing that, you're like, okay, well, how do I get that? Well, (laughs) exercise. It seems to really, really elevate BDNF in the brain. If you would really, really love to read a book about it, it's called Spark. It's actually about a high school that I live near. I went to Lockport High School, and this was done on a Naperville High School. And Spark is a book that did research on students with or without ADHD and how their learning and their academics improved when they did exercise before school. So I highly recommend that book. I will try to remember to put it in the show notes for you. And I really liked listening to that book because it was research and it was students giving their kind of the way that it worked. It was a good book, Spark, and um, it's about a Naperville high school and how scientists prove that exercise helps the brain learn. Hey, listener. If you're enjoying this show, you should totally subscribe to it so that you can see when new episodes pop right up into your feed. In Spotify, if you go up at the top and hit click follow, it'll notify you every time there's a new episode. Then, really quick, as you're listening to this, right under the follow little um, bubble, there's a rating bubble. If you could just rate this podcast and give some feedback, possibly maybe answer the poll question that's underneath the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. I hope that you're enjoying whatever you're doing today or tonight. Have a great one. The key for this to work is for you to actually exercise and then do the learning part or the focused whatever work afterwards. Anyone up for a run? Just kidding. So some exercises that improve ADHD brains are aerobic activity, which is like running, riding a bike, anything that involves sprinting or running or swimming 
Um, and then doing a skill activity. So rock climbing, yoga, karate, pilates, gymnastics, figure skating, baseball. Those complex activities that you have to think about while you're doing them really expand the brain's network. Um, and then these, when you do it this way, these new stronger networks are recruited to help you learn. So say you go rock climbing and then you have to write a paper. That paper is going to be pretty damn good. So then there's the option of doing an activity that combines aerobic activity with a skill activity like tennis or swimming or um, doing a marathon, I guess. <laughs> then practice a skill activity in which you are paired up with another person, like learning to tango or waltz or how to fence with those skinny little like sword things. It puts further demands on your attention and your judgment of time and your reaction Think about all of the great things that that would do for your ADHD brain. Even if you just got up and got your heart rate up enough by doing a power walk, that's fabulous. So I've talked about why it's great to exercise, why I am personally a runner, and the anxieties ADHDers especially have. But this can also be a bit dangerous, especially for a person like me who really doesn't know when enough is enough. Sleep is also very, very important. So is yoga, stretching your muscles, and so is being mindful. Because guess what? We were not born as an ADHDer. We were not born with that inherent self-talk that other people seem to just have. Yeah, they do. They do just have it. They were born with it and developed the skill of self-talk at early childhood age, like three, four, five years old. We never got that skill. It did not develop in our brains. It's not our fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's ADHD. We don't have that self-talk. So that's why meditation and yoga are so great because they usually talk you through you talking yourself through it, if you get what I'm saying. Because let's admit, we all need a little more self-talk. That's probably a whole episode in itself. So there are a ton of benefits of meditation, even for like students. It increases our attention span, harnesses energy in healthy ways, taps into our creativity, Helps us improve our self-regulation, confidence, problem-solving, focus, compassion, and empathy. And like most importantly, especially for me, helps us learn to pause, slow down, and be calm even in times of anxiety or stress. So without further ado, I'm going to invite my friend Kelly Blondes, certified yoga teacher and bilingual special education preschool teacher with me and my other job, to the show to talk about yoga, meditation, and how it's great for the brain. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Carmel. It's 
so good to have you on the show. I'm super excited to talk about um, yoga with you. Yes, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to share some things that I've learned through my yoga certification and just experiencing my own mental illness with anxiety as well. Yeah, so the a stretch that I did, the yoga stretch I did with you was super beneficial, I think, because I'm a runner and because of my ADHD. So what do you what do you think about that? Um, I'm really happy that it's helped you because yoga has been such an important thing in my life since I've experienced anxiety and it's helped really calm me down and clear my mind and help me focus, which I also know that people with ADHD do suffer the same types of focusing issues and have the same similar symptoms as generalized anxiety. And I knew that slowing down is something that mindfulness and yoga really focus on. And children even who suffer from ADHD as well as adults, in 2017, there was a study that kids with ADHD, their attention and reaction time improved only after eight weeks of practicing yoga just twice a week. So I thought that was really interesting because just from two times a week in a short period of time, eight weeks, they've already seen a difference in their focus and they've already seen a difference in their attention and reaction time to things. They're not as quick to irrational emotions or stress as well. Um, but yeah, yoga definitely helps with slowing down and breathing deeply. You have to hold poses, you have to stretch and focus on what pose you're doing too. So you really need to have the present mindset and focus on the present, not the past or the future. Um, you're not doing a million things at once. You're really just doing the one thing and it really helps with adaptive skills and just like focusing on your breath and your body and connecting your mind with your body. Yeah. And well, and that's definitely something that uh, kids and adults with ADHD suffer with is not having a million things go through our brains. So yeah, um, it's really interesting that it helps kids only with two times a week, like doing it for that short amount of time. Because the research that I was doing was on high schoolers, actually over at Naperville, close Mm -hmm. to us, um, about how they would exercise before they did school and they would do better. So I kind of wonder now, I wonder if they would have incorporated yoga at the end of the day, if that would have helped the kids sleep better and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's amazing how people don't want to try something because they think they can't do it. But really, if you just start gradually and know that you can take baby steps, especially with meditation, because I was one of those people that thought I can never sit still, I can never focus for five, 10 minutes and do nothing like that's so boring, or I don't want to do it. Like people don't even want to try. And once I forced myself, I realized that even three minutes for like a week could make a huge difference. Or if you forget to do a day, you're going to end up trying it again. So I think it's important to know that you can start anywhere. And even just a little bit goes a long way because you're really, really trying to clear your mind. And if you do meditation wrong, um, a lot of people don't know this, but you're never doing it wrong. Um, There's no right way to do meditation. It's how it works for you. And if you can't focus and clear your mind for like three minutes and you can only do it for 30 seconds, like that's still a huge success. Um, And you just have to keep trying. It's kind of like building building a tower. Like you can't go all the way to the top right away. You have to start small. 
I absolutely love that like whole metaphor because <laughs> yeah, for a lot of people with ADHD, it's like, okay, well I could do it for 30 seconds, but that's about it. Like we, a lot of us have like that sit still. What are you, what are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. I, I can't just sit still for three whole minutes. Like, so yeah, I'm just starting like with 30 seconds, like uh, something I referenced in my first episode, like, um, for exercise to start small, like just getting up during the commercial of your TV show and like doing some jumping jacks or doing some squats. It's like the same idea. If you just start somewhere, start small. Yeah, you just so have, and you don't even need special equipment. Like uh, you just need a place to go that you feel comfortable. There's not a lot of distractions. And with yoga, like the only reason we have mats is so we don't slip and fall or we don't um, hurt ourselves if we're on a bad surface or like not a soft surface, but you don't even need one. Like if you have a carpet or you have a floor that feels smooth to you, like you don't need a mat either. Yeah. I remember doing it on my kitchen floor. All I had to do is make sure that my shoes and socks were off so that my feet were like secure on like the tile or the linoleum floor or whatever. So Mm -hmm. that's super awesome too. It's like intriguing because all of this is free. Yeah, yeah, you don't need all this special fancy stuff. Yep, it's all free. And that's like the biggest selling point to me is like, it's free. Yeah, and I think just not having any expectations when you start, like, like you said, you want to finish the thing right away, or you want to do the workout perfectly, but know that there's no expectation, especially starting out because like yoga is your own personal practice, which is really cool. It's not about you competing with anyone. It's you and yourself and studying yourself uh, and how you're doing. Wow, that's a really cool way to think about it. Like, I need to start thinking about it like that because that's how I think about running. Mm-hmm. So I just start thinking about yoga like that. Like, hey, that's me time too. And I have to do like a little bit more of it. I've been practicing more of it since since you got your certification. So I want my listeners to know um, Kelly is certified to teach yoga to you or your kids. So where could they find you? Um, they can find me on also have my own podcast called calm with Kelly. They can find me on Instagram as well. Um, my handle, let me check that cause I don't ever remember my own handle. <laughs> my handle is Kelly blondes, B L O N S two seven, seven. And I share a lot of tips and with nutrition and anxiety and yoga stuff and new stuff that I learn um, on there as well. So you can follow me or subscribe on my podcast. Yeah, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to link those for you guys down in the show notes. And you could also follow her, ask her any questions that you might have about yoga and how it might help with your ADHD. Or anxiety. Uh-huh. Do you want or me to depression. share something else about um, ADHD and yoga for you? Yeah. I want uh, you to take the floor. Go ahead. Oh, no, that's fine. I just learned some new things because I know you were saying that yoga helped you a lot. So I kind of like delve into it. Um, but I noticed that with yoga, it reduces the stress hormone cortisol. So a lot of times if you feel go, go, go like I do and I know you do sometimes, Carmen – it just reduces mm-hmm. that in general and slows your heart rate too um, and balances your neurotransmitters and really just helps your brain 
And that's why like life experiences remap our brain. So if we do the mindfulness once a day or we do the yoga once a day, even for a small amount of time, we're living in the present moment, remapping our brains and help us to see these benefits in our daily life. Um, So it increases to the GABA, which elevates our mood. So even like I said, just doing it twice a week can really make a difference in your moods and really make you just feel better and feel more in the present and stop worrying about all the endless things you could worry about in your day. Um, It bridges the gap too for people with ADHD who um, helps bridge the gap in the disconnect between the body and mind. So a lot of times people with ADHD have these racing thoughts and flux of ideas and yoga wants to reverse this process and they want us to connect with the body and the mind. So our mind can connect with our body in the present moment instead of just going through all these ideas in our head um, and just bringing us back to who we are and to feel grounded. Um, It helps people and kids fidget less in general, releases that pent up stress that like, I want to go, I want to get out of here and like calms you down and just makes you take a breath and realize like where you are and how you want how you want to react you don't have to let other people cause you to react a certain way um and 90 percent of people who start yoga do it for stress or health benefits but continue to actually do it not for the health or the stress it's for the emotional effects of yoga so i noticed this myself when i started to do yoga more often i started to feel happier i started to feel calmer Um, overall and just in my general life I stopped worrying so much about what's going to happen in 20 years or how my son is going to grow up and instead I focused on okay what am I going to do today with the time that I have because we don't know how much time we have so it's important to kind of just live in that moment Um, and it just improves lung capacity so we breathe better and I think it's just important to know all these things that can help with ADHD as well and something so simple as just moving our bodies um, and it just heightens our concentration so we're more productive instead of thinking about what we want to do and getting lost in our thoughts we can actually do the things that we want to do can actually act on things Um, and then one more thing I just wanted to say that if you listen to my podcast I'm going to be starting to talk about these things called chakra which are part of our bodies different sections of our bodies and how they connect with making ourselves balanced and sometimes our chakras are off balance and with ADHD the root chakra really experiences uh the most off I could start with every chakra has like an ADHD um connection and what would that look like so if you do no way yeah every single one of the chakras <laughs> has a connection with ADHD symptoms, and that's how you know that chakra is off balance. So I'll just share with you one of the chakras. So there, there's like seven of them, and they all have a different color, and they all have a different part of the body. So the root chakra with ADHD, it connects to um, the symptoms would be that your difficulty ha- getting organized, you have difficulty following proper procedures, you have a tendency to worry endlessly, you have a sense of insecurity in life and you're quick to anger or quick to a very strong emotion. Um, so well, those that's are some not symptoms. a great description. <laughs> so those are some symptoms that your root chakra is off balance because mm-hmm. of your ADHD. Um, so if you have those symptoms with your ADHD, that's a sign that, okay, whoa, my root chakra, I need to focus on it. So the root chakra focuses on safety and security 
and the family connection and the earth connection. So feeling that grounded, feeling connected to the people in your life, feeling connected and secure in your environment and feeling safe as just a human being. So some things you could do to get that chakra imbalance or chakra balanced is to walk in nature. Even walking barefoot helps a lot to feel grounded. Um, Just make sure you don't step on anything sharp, but just taking like some walk outside in the grass or the sand. If you live by a beach, um, just feeling that connection with nature barefoot would really help or just walking in like a nature path or doing gardening. Um, really helps make that root chakra balanced and yoga and Pilates also because you're connecting with that physical body. So if you focus on poses like child's pose or um, poses poses that are on the ground like Shavasana at the end where you're just laying there and reflecting, it really grounds you back to the earth and connects you to the earth. And when you meditate, if you want to balance your root chakra and you're focusing on that, you want to envision red, a red glow, like from coming from the bottom of your body and going up and down, up and down. So it radiates throughout you. So uh, you have to vision the color red to help you with balancing the root chakra when you're meditating. And of course, showers help bring us back and pedicures, actually pedicures too, which is really nice for us. Really? We have an excuse to get pedicures now. Um, because that's helping you connect your feet, like you're cle- cleansing your feet. You're feeling that's the connection your feet have to the earth is the closest connection to the earth that we have is using our feet. So um, just making sure those are all clean <laughs> and ready actually, to connect. I've actually heard of the walking barefoot before, but somebody had mentioned it to me about like uh, to reverse or help with pain in your body. But it's super cool that it also grounds you literally when you walk barefoot on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I had no idea. Like I like doing stuff barefoot, but I had no idea that like my kids should get their feet dirty and that's cool or walk in the grass and that's fine. Like I always live like, oh, I don't want you to get dirty. But now I have a whole new view about it. That is super awesome. Like I was taking notes that entire time, like, and I'm probably getting get a pedicure later now. Um, so it, that was so awesome. It was great to have you on the show. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, I think I'm good. Yeah. I mean, if you want to learn more, like I can share the other chakras with you and their ADHD symptoms and see if other chakras are off balance for you and what you can do. Um, But I would just, like I said, I don't think that if you're new to yoga, I think you should focus on one. And when you kind of do things with that one, then you can move on to the next one. Because once you go higher into the body, like the crown chakra is at the top and it's your head and that's a whole different story. And you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You kind of want to focus on the little things that we can put into our daily life now um, to work on one chakra and then you can continue working on the other chakras to really reach that feeling of Zen where you feel clear. You don't have this thing we call in yoga monkey mind that you just have these horrible thoughts all the time or endless worries that really don't matter. And they're just part of human nature. So I think just focusing on one is just really important. And just remember you can, yoga is your practice, your personal practice. So meditate a little bit that's fine even 20 seconds fine whatever you can do is something it's just something so don't get overwhelmed that's actually really really good because 
ADHDers, my friends, we should only do things one at a time or we're not yes. going to learn that. <laughs> that is definitely something um, that we should all keep in mind one at a time. And remember, my perfectionist friends, as Kelly said, there is no wrong way to do meditation for 30 seconds every day. So it was fabulous to have you on the show. I am definitely going to. Um, so Kelly's info will be uh, linked down in the show notes for you guys. So you guys can go ahead and follow her for more info on this awesome chakra topic that, with yoga that I am super intrigued with, um, that I talk to her about all the time. And uh, hopefully you go get a pedicure later on today. So <laughs> yeah, thank awesome. you for having me. <laughs> thank you for coming on. I will talk to you later. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. So wasn't that just a lovely wrap up to exercise and why it works? Part two. I'm hoping that you enjoyed all of the information that was given to you today and definitely head to the show notes for some valuable links to follow Kelly and hopefully to work on your own exercise routine and your mind, body, and soul routine, because that is what we have to do first. Love starts on the inside. You have to love yourself in order to get anywhere in life. You have to love yourself first. So that was a fabulous wrap up. I am in a great mood now that we did this. And that was my first guest speaker, friends. How awesome. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Stay authentic, my friends. So, Kelly and I will be running a workshop on October 8th of 2022. Head to the show notes and fill out the form to register and join us for some fun. Thank you.